Are you talking to me? Ah, <laughs> duh, of course you are. Everybody knows me. I'm Mia Brightwood. Now, get ready because some mysterious voice will appear and tell you all what happened last time on The Incorrigible Party. The Serpent Mother and Father Limic free themselves from their ice wall prison, snapping and slashing at each other in the air, spiraling towards the opening into the material plane, only dozens of feet behind Kalar, making his own escape. The fighting continues at the rift's edge, resulting in Isabella's death, and with Kalar's instructions, Samuel Coltis seals the rift, trapping himself with Dendar and Limic in the process allowing Kalar to summon his armor, assembling it once more. To heal or not to heal. To heal or not to heal. But to heal, but or not to heal. To heal, to throw my hammer. The adventure continues. At your final rebuke, Shakara. Kalar, Misty steps to the deck of the Rising Four. No. No, 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 no. Your words are that of a petulant child, believing they can change the inevitable. The same as Isabella, the same as countless before her. I am the sun that bridges the divide. I am the sun that gathers the power of three. I am the sun that usurps the mother and the father, and I am the sun that ushers in a new world of horrors, reserved for your deepest and darkest nightmares. That begins with the sundering of everything and every person you've ever held close. I will sever every connection to this world that you value and fight to protect as simply as plucking at a loose thread. And he grips the Scythe in both hands kind of held out in front of him. See its pristine blade kind of gleams as he slams the end of the handle down on the ground, emitting a shockwave of red tendrils that ripple out from the point of impact across the deck of the Rising Four. Rise, children of Limic, in my name, in the name of Kalar. Every single paladin and Grimby Chum and Halsa are going to have to make a dexterity saving throw. Well, if there was any question about whether he was going to be a good guy or a bad guy, I think we got our answer. I mean, can you still give him the eyes? Maybe he'll calm down a little. <laughs> <laughs> Grimby, e even with advantage, uh, only gets a 13. Ooh, Hulsa gets a 12. So both of those are going to be fail. As these tendrils ripple out, the majority of the paladins with Grimby and Halsa failing their saving throws. It's almost like as, I mean, none of you can really see what's happening from your position, like as far as the, the specifics of what's going on on the, on the deck. But the, the tendrils kind of ripple out, almost like they're two-dimensional as they travel across the, the, the wood and, you know, the scuff marks and the, some of the uneven places in the deck of the Rising Four. But as soon as they reach those that fail, they like creep up and, and forming out of almost out of the deck itself are, are these like red plates of, of chitin that wrap up to the the knees of those that failed, uh, restraining them. Three of which 
failing by more than five, the plates do not stop at their knees. They completely envelop envelop them in this kind of chrysalis-looking structure. And, you know, those that are, are stuck, they're, they're screaming, Thor, help us! Captain Chum, help us! As they're being encased. And now Kalar, he just rises up, like he flies up higher, making sure that all of you can, can see him. His, his armor looks as if it was, like, newly forged, right? Very, again, very similar to the condition that uh, the pieces were when you found them and when Samuel was wearing them. The void of any scrapes or dents. The scythe, though, however, appears as if it's dulled. Uh, its blade kind of no longer has that that polished sheen, and the wood of the handle looks to be like as if it's like splintering in sections and rough, uh, like it hasn't almost like it hasn't been finished uh, in its construction. To the top of round six with Apezar, and you appear back on the material plane. So. You're going to have to do the trigonometry here for me, Leland. I have 40 feet of uh, movement and 40 feet of climbing. Can I make it to the ship, climb up, and jump high enough in the air to grab Kalar? Or just to swing at him? Or is he too high up? So he's raised himself about 30 feet off of the deck. You can very easily climb aboard the ship as it, it like there's a number of ropes still hanging down from when the paladins uh kind of went over the edge right and down into the courtyard and you being 15 feet high the bottom of the ship is like 20 feet above the courtyard you'd be able to spend 15 feet of movement and you would be to the edge of the uh, of the deck right to pull yourself on board would i be close enough to be able to jump and hit him or is he too high though once i get up there the jump and swing what is Apezarin's strength score? 23. So as for the high jump rules, when you make a high jump, you leap into the air a number of feet equal to 3 plus your strength modifier if you moved at least 10 feet on foot immediately before the jump. Okay. Considering you are 15 feet tall, you absolutely can make a jump and pummel into him Swat in him the like air that. before coming back down onto the onto the deck <laughs> of the rising floor. You're only going to get one attack, uh, but if you, you want to make that attack a grapple, you absolutely can attempt to. Can I grab his leg and slam him down on the <laughs> ground? <laughs> WrestleMania this, yes. You can, you can definitely make uh, you a can contested try. strength here. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I wonder if I'm better off to just hit him. I'm not sure how much is actually going to like derail his his plan to just like pull him down temporarily and he can fly right back up again on his next turn. I'm going to start leaping toward the ship, climb up the edge of it, and as I get to the top, I'm just going to hurl myself up into the air and swing at him with one of my big apy fists. Absolutely can do so. And like as you're climbing up, like you see the full extent of what he's done on, on the deck of the Rising Four, right? You see uh, a number of the paladins. Let's see, there's... Uh, one, well, including Grimby and Hulsa, there are four. So Grimby, Hulsa, and two other paladins encased up to their knee. And they're, you see them like pulling and clawing at, at the, the chitinous plates that has entrapped them. And there's another four that are completely inside of like chrysalids. Which leaves uh, three paladins that saved and are free from whatever is happening to their companions. 
Okay, so 23 to hit. That hits. Uh, 25 bludgeoning damage. And as you leap, you know, you, you tense your gorilla legs and just rocket up to meet him and slamming into him as you do so. You see, like, you, like, almost knock him back, right, as he's just kind of hovering uh, where he is. But clearly you've uh, you've done, you know, as much damage as you thought you would with your meaty ape paw. And you kind of come back down and, and slam back down into the deck of the, the Rising Four. And it looks like Ape's Aaron is staying on the material plane this round. Roll the six on the blink. Next, Jessica. She just approaches, she just kind of saunters. Uh, it doesn't seem like she's in any any hurry towards Shakara. Well, sister, shall we rule the coven? Perhaps find the third that we vet? First, we must stop Kalar. Well, I think both of us could use an eye. There are two, yes? If I give you one, you will kill Kalar. Seems set upon taking them from us. That does not answer my question. He stands in the way of a coven. You will kill him. I will do everything I can. D tell me, where are Nam and Skull? Those idiots are never around when you need them. So she will use her action to dash so she can get right up next to you. Hands kind of <laughs> outstretched for, for an eye of Dendar. And that is all she will do. Next is Shakara. Can I roll an insight on Jessica to see what I think she'll do? Absolutely. 22. Uh, it does seem like she's being genuine when she says, like, clearly Kalar is opposing us, the coven, etc. She's clearly an enemy of Kalar right now. I roll percentile dice, and I rolled above a 50. So I will reach into my pack and pull out one of the eyes and hand it to Jessica. So you're going to hand her the entire box? The box. I don't want to touch it right now. Okay, and she, like, greedily snatches it from you and pulls it close to her. So uh, that's uh, that's essentially an interact with objects. So you, you know, you still have your, your full turn to do whatever you'd like. I will point my finger at him and utter the command, Drop your scythe. I need a whiz save. A... 23. That saves. I will Misty step up to the ship next to Grimby. Okay, and you too, uh, kind of like Ape Zarn, you see the, the extent of what Kalar has, has done up here. Uh, Mia, you are next in initiative, and as the first few rays of the new day's dawn begin to light up the sky above you, Mia, something within you like almost opens up as if something was, was like blocked before. And you realize that the night of the seventh day has just ended. For my divine intervention? You, you said that like she should know something about that, like what that means. And she's like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I was hoping to let her clue in there. I wasn't going to. Yeah, okay, okay. So I took away Braun's bad dreams only seven days ago. A lot has happened. <laughs> wow. Okay, wow. He was still, oh, oh wow, okay. I can still ask for a boon and hope for a 12 or lower. Okay, Mia is uh, deaf and blind. She can smell things. What do I smell? <laughs> uh, you smell gorilla. 
<laughs> Mostly just dust from being kicked up from the 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 wings of the ship. Oh, also, uh, of course, the predominant aroma of decaying flesh from the number of dead zombies that litter right, 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 right. this mm-hmm. entire keep. I mean, a lot of them are dust, to be fair. But the wings of the ship keeping it aloft are kicking up that undead dust that's kind of swirling around you as you're fighting and breathing in uh, every particle of it as you you know you're you're uh, exerting yourselves in the combat. Mm. Well, do I use divine intervention? Divine intervention uses my action. Otherwise, I know I was next to Brawn and Shaft. Did I like? Sh- I knew where Shaft was, right? Or are you invisible? Yeah, I'm right next to you. Okay, you're invisible. If you got a chance, if you got a chance to do something big, I know. But what am I gonna like? I could ask for anything, not just to be healed, right? Like, well, I mean, the really the way divine intervention works is you just call out to your god for a boon, and the DM decides what happens. Decides what it is. Okay. On a success. It's not supposed to be as specific as like I want to do this thing for Bron. You can certainly voice, like if Mia would voice for something specific in her prayers, then yeah, absolutely do it. You might get them answered if you're successful, right? I guess the first thing that I think about is like, I need to be healed. Because I don't even realize Klar has the armor on, I think. I was blinded by the whole situation. You were blinded as Samuel closed the portal and got sucked in. So yeah, you haven't heard or seen. So that's why I feel like I won't specifically, like asking for nothing specific is better as a player i realize that but also as mia it's like a whole action to cry out i don't know i'm trying to think of like would mia cry out because she's so frustrated blind and deaf or would she go for a sure thing and like reach hoping to heal you i have like a 50 50 shot of touching you versus brown mia's mia's gonna give in to this feeling mia while the feeling is there, feels more empowered to try to ask for something. To ask Thor, to ask Herafina, for someone to intervene on her behalf, so. So as you begin, like, are you, like, this, like, is it going to be like a, like a vocal prayer that Mia is going to put out there? I can't hear or see, so I'm, it's like an internal prayer. Braun, hold hands. Much like <laughs> when the party <laughs> defeated Kralakina. Mia utilized the metal, metallic disc found in Erica's tent in the cultist camp outside of the safety shell that kind of allowed you to channel additional energies into your, your offensive efforts. And I'm going to allow you, using your hammer, to do the same here. So, you can decide how many of your spell slots you want to expend. Oh, gosh. You can tally up the total of spell slots expended, double it, and add that to your chances of being successful. So currently you set at a 12% chance. If you use a fifth level spot, that would put you to 22%, for example. I'm leaving slots to revive people. Problem I've had before. Smart. I have two fifth level, three fourth level, three third level, two second level, two first level left. So, I mean, we could we could try to make this a sure thing. But then all I got is my hammer. <laughs> so, um, we don't know how bad this armor is yet. And I don't even know he's in it. Ugh. Leland Steel. <laughs> this is the final I know. battle for Aspara. 
What if I do one of each? A first, a second, so that's three, then a third, that's six, a fourth, that's ten, and a fifth, that's fifteen, so that's an extra thirty percent, so like forty-two percent? Too much? <laughs> you you do feel like Bron grasps your hand. Like you feel like someone uh, grabbing your hand and Maybe I like fall to my knees or something that's more visual so like he can see it, but I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, as you do so again, you, 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 you feel like somebody gripping your hand and you just know that it's your brother, right? He too, Bron, I mean, the, those that can see obviously see Braun also falls to his knees beside Mia and I will allow you to add his cleric level into your percentages as well. I will tell you that is an eight. Okay. You know, before you decide what to spend, you're at 20% chance of success just with the two of your levels combined. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to, that's a 50% chance. 50 50. It's a 50 freaking 50. <laughs> and I feel like I need real dice for this. <laughs> <laughs> One to 50 is a fail or success? One to 50 is a success. You want to roll Because low. it's like my level or lower. Like you want to roll low. That's correct. I've got my everything dice. My most expensive dice I've ever paid for. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's two out of three. That's two out of three. 83. Oh. Oh. Unfortunately, that is a failure. I mean, you cannot attempt your divine intervention until a long rest. I'm coming back next campaign as an anti-Thor uh, entity. <laughs> oh. If it makes you feel any better... It won't. You would have had to <laughs> spend a lot of spell slots to have made that a success. So, it's probably... I did, and it still wasn't. No, I know, but like you could have spent more and it still would have been a failure. It doesn't help. doesn't help me feel better. Yeah, no, that doesn't help, though. Five spells... <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Mia, okay, so Mia was on her knees, waits, nothing. She's just gonna stay on her on her knees. It's only been six seconds. She's she's holding that hope. <laughs> she knows what she felt, you know. All right, shaft. All right, I'm gonna reach out because I'm blinded, of course, and I sort of touch something. And I feel you know, bronze hairy arm, and I sort of push alongside until I touch Mia. I can sense her armor, and I cast Lester Restoration on her uh, to end her blindness. Before, Well, sorry, before you decide, at the end of Mia's turn, let's make a constitution saving throw to get rid of the deafness first. Oh, Thank for you for me. the reminder. Yeah, for me at the end of your turn. So deafness first, and your DC 16. Nine. Okay, so you're still deaf, and now you get one for the blindness. Same DC, 16. Hey! 20. Yay! Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you, okay. you know, you've called out to Thor, and you can see again. I can see, yeah. Yeah, right. so. Praise Thor. Praise Thor. All right, sorry, Shaft, go ahead. So now you can, you can end the deafness. I yell and go, Mia! She can't hear me, right? I, I will reach toward you when I see your arm out. I grab onto her, and I, I would be trying to enter blindness, but I guess lesser restoration would just cure her 
Uh, I don't have to choose which one, right? There's a condition afflicted, so you can... I would give you as a player the choice if there were more than one, but, you know, your character and the way this... But, yeah, it just ends the condition that uh, meets the requirements of the spell. Okay, so I will cast Lesser Restoration uh, with the intention of letting her, you know, be able to see to... Hopefully, I I yell out, uh, Take care of this guy! I'm in no shape to help right now! Do I know who you mean by this guy? As soon as you can see Mia, yeah, you look up, you see... Uh, like Grimby and Holster at the at the the edge of the the railing of the deck of the Rising Four, they're clearly struggling with something. You see Kalar now in fully assembled armor, holding the scythe, thirty feet above the deck, and Apesard is like looking up at him. And of course, Shakara is also on the deck of the Rising Four. Auntie Jessica is thirty feet to your left. She her attention seems to be focused on Kalar as well. And then the only other person, aside from Shaft and Braun, that is still down in the courtyard is the last flesh golem in the tattered gray robes from the fight that's been going on. Okay, so Shaft, that's your action, right? You're still blinded. Yes, and since I can't see anything, I really can't do much else, so just make a con save. At the end of your turn. Uh, 14. Ooh, that is just shy of getting rid of the blindness. Very painful. The paladins. Those that are fully encased, now with Abzaran and Shakara up on deck, like you can hear struggling from within, like as if there's like a muffled pounding, like as if someone was like pounding on a wall or something from the other room, like this this muffled banging as they're clearly attempting to get out. So they're gonna uh, be able to make an athletics check to try to at least break an opening in it uh, and uh, free themselves uh, even if it's just you know, a fist-sized hole that they're punching through. Looks like only Leasha is able to to knock out a sizable chunk of, of the chitin. Like, you just hear this cracking sound and, and it just falls to the, the wooden deck and she kind of sticks her, her face through, like, gasping for breath. The others, unfortunately, are still uh, trapped. But even those that are just simply restrained by it can still attempt to break themselves free. Only one of which does. Paladin number 11 completely frees himself, which means there are now four paladins that are unrestrained from whatever is happening to the others. Unfortunately, you see those that failed to to you know kick out at, at, at the their chitinous restraints continues up their body to fully encase them. Halsa can also attempt to free herself. She's going to use her action to do so. Oh boy, she fails and her she, she as well is just completely encased in this chitin chrysalid. Braun is next. So Mia, you are no longer have any conditions on you, correct? Nope. Braun will then turn to Shaft and cast his own lesser restoration getting rid of your blindness shaft. Grimby. Surely Grimby can get out of this. Of course he can. And don't call him Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that is only a seven. Oh, Grimby, come on. Is entombed. The last remaining flesh golem. Like Jessica, does no longer appears to be hostile towards 
the party. It will simply just kind of shuffle over in front of Auntie Jessica, uh, almost like putting himself between her and anything that's going on on the, the Rising Four. Now, Kalar, continuing to fly, hovering above, 60 feet above the courtyard, he kind of moves closer to the destroyed wall uh, that leads into the actual great hall of, of the keep, like moving 30 feet south away from the ship and Ape Zarin, but he will emit two gauntlet blasts at Ape Zarin. That's a 14 and a 19 to hit. Both hit. First blast, uh, 29 force damage, and you can make a constitution saving throw to maintain your polymorph. Going to be a DC 14 constitution saving throw. It's an 18. That is enough. Second blast, 31 force damage, and another constitution saving throw, please. Uh-oh. 13. <laughs> Unfortunately, a fail. You revert back to Falzer. At least you're in a somewhat safe position. You're still atop the, the... You're on the deck of the Rising Four. So I assume Ape Zarin's hit points were not reduced to zero, so any residuals of the blast, like Falzer, and you're still whatever at HP you were before you polymorphed. Yeah, Ape Zarin didn't really take all that much damage, actually. Okay, that is all Kalar has. Back to the top with Falzer. So Falzerin, looking around, sees all of these paladins, as well as Grimby and Hulsa. He's going to cast uh, Shatter. I don't know how this... I guess you'll figure this out, Leland, but it's a con-saving throw, so the Chitin makes a con-saving throw, I guess. Oh, it's Constitution, not Dexterity. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll your damage. 19 Thunder damage for fails. Uh, half as much on a save. Also... Well, it says creatures, but creatures made of inorganic materials such as stone, crystal, or metal have disadvantage on the saving throw. Okay, well done. Uh, 19 is more than enough to, as the uh, spell is titled, shatter the crystallides that encase Grimby, Hulsa, and Paladin number 10, just completely obliterating them. And again, the the, the people encased inside, they... they like as if they're they're you know they're brought to their knees uh, from having forcefully emerged from these crystallides and they look like they're just breathing heavily but they look otherwise intact and, and you know as Grimby emerges he's kind of looking around and he like sees like Shakara is now suddenly next to him hey oh Shakara and he you know puts an arm around you he just looks around hey yeah. Get to, get back to the weapon. I, you heard uh, Shikara. We gotta shoot that Kalara guy. Great action. Anything else? I think I'm gonna stay where I am. I'm right beside, you know, three of my friends. Yeah, that is it. So I will roll for Blink, which is a seven. So once again, Blink fails. Ooh. Jessica. You see, she kind of pulls out this, like, little miniature smithing hammer uh, her tongue kind of lolls out of her mouth over those black needle teeth and she just licks the head of the hammer just coating it in you know viscous saliva pulls dripping off of it and she just pulls an arm back and hurls it at Kalar and it just like tinks against his chest as it hits him but she has cast heat metal upon his mm. armor 
Dope. No way. That's so good. One point for joining the coven. I mean, that is, that is a cool <laughs> spell. And, you know, as the, the hammer kind of falls uselessly down, the, like the 60 feet down to the courtyard floor, uh, like the, the golden gleam of, of the chest plate arm piece, uh, it, it kind of turns into this like red, white, hot, burning piece of metal as it, it almost like it ignites and rises rapidly in temperature. So now any creature in physical contact with the object will take 2d8 fire damage as soon as the spell is cast. So I'll roll that. Take 8 fire damage. Until the spell ends, uh, Jessica can use a bonus action on each of their subsequent turns to cause the damage again. If the creature is holding or wearing the object and takes damage from it, they must succeed on a con saving throw or drop the object. So since he's wearing it, that's not going to apply. But obviously if they, you know, if it was on their weapon or something, then they might might be a way to disarm them. Unfortunately, the handle of the scythe is made of wood, so uh, that wouldn't... You know, she could have cast it on the, the blade, perhaps, but it wouldn't have done wouldn't have done much. But Kalara's armor now is glowing red hot. And Shakara, you're next. Does the scythe still look kind of old and maybe about to fall apart? It is very clearly not looking as brand new or polished as it was before... Kalar like encased the paladins and Grimby and Halsa in in the 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 chitin. I would like to scorching ray for my circlet at the scythe. I got a seventeen, a twenty-three, and a twenty-seven. On the uh, twenty-three, you see Kalar kind of reacts and just kind of around his person is like the shimmering like arcane shield, and that one ray. Kind of, it, it almost like you you send it out and it kind of ricochets around that shield he's put up and circles him to fly right back at you. Well, I don't what? like that. You'll take twenty-seven force damage. As you see, like once it kind of arcs around him, the the red flames of it turn blue, right, and and this projectile almost like narrows into like an arrow point as it strikes you. But the last bolt does hit the scythe, overcoming the, the shield that Kalar has put up. So go ahead and roll me that damage. Eleven. Okay, as it strikes, he's all, he like almost loses a, a grip on it. It's like the, you know, his arm that holds it is kind of pushed back as he maintains control, bringing it back in front of him, but now you can see the jagged split where the blade connected to the little bit of metal stuck into the handle as Isabella had assembled it. You can see that split and crack has formed in the metal once again. As Shakara takes that damage, she does waver quite a bit and almost takes a knee. What else you got? I ain't got shit. For a bonus action, does using the circlet count as a spell? Can I do a bonus action spell? Counts as your action to use a uh, magic item. So yes, you can use a, a leveled bonus action spell. I will cast Shield of Faith on myself. Too daisy. Mia. Be able to see and hear things has been so nice. Mia no shaft looks pretty bad. Sasha Kara take hits. And you know what? Mia feels as if her prayers were answered because she doesn't really know that it was just a constitution save she passed, you know? 
So she's in a good mood and she's feeling she's feeling healy right now. So I think Mia's going to cast Mass Cure Wounds again. Last fifth level spell slot. Issue is like I'm choosing a point and a 30 foot radius. So I have like a 60 foot reach here and targeting six creatures that would need it the most. Because the boat's up in the air too, so I, I have to try to figure it out. I would like to be able to reach Shaft and Shikara in the same spell. I don't know that I can. You can definitely find a, a position that kind of makes that work. Out of principle, I'm not healing Jessica. Sorry. <laughs> Grimbean also look pretty okay, actually, even considering what... Uh, what went on with the zombies, you know, as Hulsa had kind of dimensioned toward them away from the bulk of that horde. So uh, I don't think you'd have to worry about them. That can be the whole party then and Brawn. I mean, I could definitely choose one of them because it's up to six, so might as well. I've never really liked Hulsa much, you know? She, has, she, she doesn't praise Thor and say anything. So I will mask your wounds on Brawn, Shaft, Grimby, Shikara, Falzern and myself. Buy fifth level spell slots. It's 3d8 plus 5. Ooh, I see a 1 already. Uh, 19. 19 nice. healing to everyone. Bonus action. You can bonus action your spiritual weapon somewhere. Remember, Kalara's 60 feet in the air. My weapon has only 20 feet of movement. The flesh golem was just Izzy's, right? Yeah, and now it seems as if it's Jessica's. I just want to smash it. Hey, there's nothing stopping you from doing so. You would love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> could I move my hammer to try to smack the stuff people are stuck in? You can definitely try to move it up to the deck of the ship. Uh, it's going to take you a couple turns to get to the nearest paladin up there with only 20 feet of movement. But yeah, you can certainly do so. Okay, so it takes multiple turns either way. So maybe my hair I'll just... I'll get the movement going toward Kalar, I guess. Try to annoy him with my spectral hammer. I only have three more rounds after this, so I mean, it might get like one hit. I don't know. Shaft. I, I get up off my knee because I wasn't. I sort of pick myself up. I reach into my quiver and pull out one of the flame arrows that I've been carrying around for a while. And I, I sort of rest the bow down a little bit onto one of these stones to try to get a nice line of sight to Kalar and loose one of the arrows. 28 to hit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's a total of 18 points of damage. Uh, and I'll take my second shot. That's a 25 to hit. <laughs> yep. And that's 17 as another arrow looses at him. Hitting that hot armor. Yeah, just adding to its temperature increase, absolutely. And then I'm going to sort of try to climb up a little bit on on these uh, this stone, this 15-foot-tall pile, sort of keeping low, keeping a little bit of cover to try to find a little bit better uh, place to get another shot off. Paladins. You see, kind of at Grimby's commands, the five paladins that are not entombed and or restrained, they kind of surge to the weapon mounted in the middle of the deck as each of you, ha like the party has used this before, right? It, you, you know, it, it's it got the, the 
now more of an obelisk shaped rather than the cylinder in which Drag had originally envisioned for the safety shell mechanisms, but a solid obelisk with Timmerman's toy soldiers connected to it, you know, via via uh, tubules coursing with phlogiston and the five paladins that are needed to operate it surround it. You see it kind of tilts on this like mounted gyroscope pointing towards Kalar as the five of them collectively fire it off. So let's do what we did before. This does 10d10 damage. So we'll give, let's all five of us roll 2d10 and we'll sum them up and see how much Kalar is going to get hit for. Okay, Shaft rolled a nine. 16 for Mia. 14 for Shakara. 10 for Falzarin. And I rolled a 15. Ho It's good. Good rolls. Kalar takes a total of 64 force damage Ooh, from frick. the weapon. Dude. The three paladins that are completely entombed. The the crystallites like they begin to hum and vibrate as like very similar to, to how the scythe did upon its assembly. Uh, you know, it, it's deafening crack when it was fully assembled definitely uh, played a part <laughs> in the some of these events going on. But it like I was, I was almost like the the vibrations like ripple and crack the crystallites apart, uh, splintering under its own vibrations and. Those pieces that that splinter, uh, they begin to shift and wrap around the paladins inside, coating their bodies and morphing them into chitinous bipedal monstrosities. Long praying mantis-like arms end in curved claws with crystalline skeletal wings sprouting from between their shoulder blades. Salivating jaws open to reveal sharp fangs with their bone white eyes darting around hungrily rise my children rise children of kalar these brood spawn barbarians now fully like newly birthed hungry for flesh descend upon the paladins that have surrounded the weapon their snapping jaws and their their scythe-like arms demolishing into the two paladins that they could get, only into two. So multi-attacks here, uh, one bite clamps into paladin 11. Ooh, a critical fail uh, against paladin 15. Two critical fails against paladin 15. You can see like that one that it's like almost like it's it's tripping over itself. It doesn't know how to use its new limbs after emerging from its chrysalis. Uh, but the third brood spawn barbarian, uh, again against Paladin 15, gets 17 with its bite and looks like a 19 with its claw. Both of those paladins immediately succumb to, you know, they, they these are just your standard run-of-the-mill, low-entry paladin <laughs> trying to fill in the crew spots on the Rising 4. Uh, they unfortunately did not stand a chance. And you can see the brute spawn just like descend upon their defeated foes, tearing bits of flesh off of their body, like fighting through armor and finding the the weak spots to get through and just tearing chunks out of the deceased paladins. So that should keep them busy for a while, right? Just eating the, the dead? One may hope. <laughs> Halsa. 
is next. Kind of turning, you see she's like kind of ready, she was readied uh, once being freed to just blast at, at Kalar, which it's clear that everyone's focus is against. But now with this new threat, she just kind of turns towards the nearest brood spawn and she'll just Eldritch Blast into it. Oof, that's only a, a, a seven and a nine, which will not be enough. Tendrils of energy just going wide. Brawn is next. Down on the ground still, next to Mia. Sister, I, I, Thor did not answer our call. I, I'm, I don't, I don't know what to do. But he did. This is his answer as he kind of motions to everything going on. I can see. I can hear you. Thor is with us. Yes, he is with us always, but we, we need him more than we, we, we usually do. So Bronn is going to Beacon of Hope. He kind of moves towards the Rising Four, uh, just in range so he can kind of, again, he sees, I mean, Falls are, it's like there's kind of this line of, of Falls are in Fifa Gap, Shakara, Grimby, Halsa down along the railing of the Rising Four, which is really all that Bronn can see from his position down in the courtyard, but is able to target everybody which does include Mia and Shaft in his Beacon of Hope. For the duration, each target, I mean, you already have advan advantage on wisdom saving throws, but you also get advantage on death saving throws, and you will regain the maximum number of hit points possible from any healing, which would include Ooh. potions uh, were you to drink one. Nice. And that lasts how long? Concentration up to one minute. Beautiful. Grimby Chum next in initiative. He charges the same brood spawn that Halsa had attempted to blast. Two swipes with his great axe, two hits. Ooh, wow, great damage. Total of 27 slashing to this brood spawn. Uh, Flesh Golem down in the courtyard, unfortunately unable to do anything. He's, you still see him, like me and Braun and Chap, you get a clear view of, of him shifting around. Again, he just kind of moves to the left of Auntie Jessica, putting himself between her and Kalar. Kalar, you see he missy steps again and he appears behind Jessica. Between, kind of between Jessica and Mia and Shaft about 25 feet away. He's gonna make two scythe attacks. Get Jessica, we don't care about her. She's got an eye. 27 and a 19. <laughs> She needs to make a dexterity saving throw. As you see as Kalar like swipes, like the blade also becomes red hot, almost like matching his chest, like the, the armor that he wears uh, from Jessica's spell. Wow, she critically fails and then rolled a two uh, for the second hit. So she'll just take full fire damage from that. Wow, which from both hits is gonna be a total total of 96 oh, what? No I'm freaking sorry, way. What? He's taking care of our Jessica problem. Except now we <laughs> have an eye problem. We are the coven. The power of four. Essentially everyone you, you just see like Kalar instantly appears behind Jessica and two quick stabs through her chest. One. Twice. And as, he, as Kalar pulls out after the second stab Jessica just crumples dead to the ground and you see like almost as her way down Kalar like catches the lead box containing the eye of Dendar. Is now when I mentioned I didn't put the eye in the box? 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Classic bait and switch. Oh, I knew you had it in you. Great sleight of hand would have been amazing. Yeah, you DM'd him about it, right? Yeah. Right? He just didn't see it. Did you not get that message, Leland? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say uh, it was his interact uh, uh, with object to kind of grab it so he can't do anything with it this turn. And we go back to the top of round eight with Falzer. Frick, we need to... Falzer in! We need to do things. <laughs> this is This is bad. Everything on Kalar. Everything. With him in the air, there's not a whole lot I can do. He went back up? Like, after going down? He is currently still on the ground next to okay. Jessica's corpse. Okay. What you got, Falsy? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just go home. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's Kalar's constitution? <laughs> is he a constitute... Guy. So falls in as you as you are like witnessing this, right? You see the condition of the scythe again after repeated uses. It just looks like it just continues to degrade. the The crack in the blade it becomes uh, deeper and like more pronounced. And you like almost you swear you could see the metal of the blade kind of wiggle as if it's loosely attached to to the handle, right? It's almost as if the handle of the scythe, like sections of it have, like a rot has formed in, in the wood, like a wood rot. Falzerin is going to cast Gravity Sinkhole. Worked before. So I'm going to center it uh, 20 feet above his head. So he'll make a con saving throw and on a failed save, he'll take the damage and will be pulled 20 feet up in the air and then... Presumably dropped, although I don't know if he can use his ability to fly to counter that. He gets a 29. Oof, just barely passed. <laughs> so he'll take half damage. Freaking jerk. What a jerk he is. He'll take half of 39 force damage. And he will not be pulled. And I don't think I'm going to target the remaining flesh golem. Because I feel like they may still try to help us fight Kalar, despite Jessica being unalived. <laughs> okay, yes, so 19 damage to Kalar. Again, it, it seems like everything you're throwing at him uh, appears to be like fully effective. It's just that he can certainly take a number of hits. I think for my movement or bonus action, I am going to... Uh, move a bit to my right toward the front of the boat a little bit further away from Shakara and the rest of the group in case he's going to cast some big AoE spell. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that maybe I won't get caught in it. Just in case you missed it, the paladin that's right next to you is still encased in the chrysalis and probably will be continued to be encased and will change into a Will butterfly. they amorphosize? Yes. <laughs> just, just pointing that out to you. Shoot. Well, well. keep in mind, Layasha is only restrained currently. She's not completely entombed, as she did succeed in breaking herself free. Just Thor will save her. Thor loves her. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, great, Falzern. So uh, Jessica is deceased, which takes us to Shakara. How far up in the air am I on this ship? 
Well, the bottom of the ship is like 20 feet above the, the court. Yeah, you're like 20, 25 feet above the, the courtyard. I want to jump to the ground, which I assume will take some damage. Well, keep in mind also, actually, there, there's like a number of ropes still hanging over the side from, from the previous uh, descent of the pallet. And so you can absolutely just grab a hold of one of those and get yourself down the 20 feet and, without taking any damage. Okay, I'll do that. And I will run over to Kalar and on my way, pull out my sword. Fuego. And attack. 20. Uh, 20 is a, exactly what you need, but he will again use his reaction to enact his reflective shield, which has a plus five to his AC. And you see, like, as you bring your blade around, it's almost like it rebounds back and it digs into yourself. You take 25 force damage from the rebound. Uh, that staggers me, and I don't know if the shield would deflect a second hit, do I? Uh, you're you're unsure. You know that your scorching ray in the previous round had over overcame the shield, right? Because he did it on the second ray, and then the third ray still went through with the higher to hit number. So you're unsure. I'm going to attack again. I have to try. We won't find out this time because that's only a 17. Okay, that unfortunately, uh, even without any additional magical barrier that he uh, can throw up Kalar just you know slides away from from your strike and I am barely standing now perfect uh Mia (laughs) what you got left I have a few options that require him to make saves rather than like attack rolls and he's done really well on Falzern's constitution save I don't know if I, you know, like as a character, we'll put that together. Seeing Falzerin cast spells and knowing what would work or not or be like similar for myself. But I do know he doesn't belong on the material plane. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to banish Kalar. And the armor. Like he's in the armor, whatever. Some, send him away for a little bit. Take a minute. Regroup the situation. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's worth a shot, right? It's a temporary solution. Give me enough time to heal. We, we gotta kill him, but... But it Well, he, okay, he's got an eye. Like, is it is it more important to... I don't think I could take him down in one hit, so that's why I was like... Especially if he flings it back at you like he did me. Yeah. He only has one reaction. Yeah, but the spell could last. Like, shield lasts to the start of the next turn. Uh, my, my argument is, we've gotta kill him, so we we have the opportunity he's on the ground. Okay, Hit okay, him for okay. everything that we can. Me as you're as you're contemplating uh, what to do next, like again, just thoughts racing right in the heat of heat of combat. Like you take in to consideration like what Kalar looks like, and and as he as he's taking hits, yes, he he's kind of rebounding many of them, but he's still taking damage. You, you see patches of of those like blue scales that connect the golden pieces of the armor. Like many of them have they they seem to like they flaked or have been scraped off. You know, under the impacts of, of strikes and spells, like clearly the armor itself is l- losing the luster that it had when originally assembled. I mean, all he has to do is open that freaking lead box, though. You've seen something similar, however, though, like as Samuel, when wielding the armor, as his abilities were depleted, the more he used it. And, and obviously, with the condition of the scythe, you can kind of put those things together. Like, it's clear, 
like you say, yes, if, if you keeping him away from the eyes, uh, the eyes not being a, a, a factor currently, the more he uses these pieces without the eyes, the, the more they diminish in power. Okay. Change of plans. Call lightning. The more that I think about it, I think we should be using the weapon that deals insane damage. We need five people. There's only three. Two of which, uh, two of the five paladins that we're currently using it are now being devoured by the brood spawn of Kalar. Every member of the party has been shown what to do and has used the weapon themselves. So each of you absolutely knows exactly what you need to do to charge it for the round and then fire it for the next round. You want to teleport me, Bill, go for it, but I can't get up there. How am I going to get up there? You still got your wings out, Mia. Oh, for like three more rounds. And I can port to you. I have 30 feet of movement. It would take me everything to gain the height and get over there. I can throw a wall of force and shove these guys away from it. Not a bad idea. Mia's definitely... Okay, so Mia's definitely going to take her movement here. I'm going to fly up and over to the boat. I'll make it between like Halsa and Grimby, probably, based on the height with 30 feet. Is it cool if I try to have my spiritual weapon hit him first? I mean, you can do that at any time on your turn. You can take your bonus action to do so. So let's try to whack him with the spiritual weapon. That's a uh, 20 to hit. Dirty 20. <laughs> that does hit, yeah. He is out of reactions, and it appears he is unable to reflect your damage from this. 8 force damage, plus an additional 12 radiant for hitting him. Okay, I like it. So 20. All damage types do seem to be effective. I'm going to I'm going to risk it on a call lightning. So a storm cloud appears. There's a, a cylinder, 60 foot radius. It's going to be covering the area down there. And I get to choose a point I see under the cloud. And the creature's within five feet. Must make a deck save. Remind me again, has this flesh golem without Jessica done anything? Uh, since Jessica's death, and uh, it has not, not got its turn in initiative yet. In Mia's eyes, it's a undead atrocity. She's just gonna, you know, like, like coup de grace, she's gonna call lightning on Jessica's dead body. And hit, oh no, because that would, that would hit Shakara. It'll be behind so that it hits the robe figure and Kalar. They both have to make deck saves. Okay, so five feet south of Jessica's corpse will hit. Yes, you're right. The flesh golem and Kalar. Jessica fails her, her deck saves. <laughs> Jessica definitely <laughs> fails. <laughs> flesh golem gets an eight. Kalar gets a 22. Ah, uh, passes. Son of a... Um, so on a save, uh, 14 lightning. 28 otherwise. And Mia's gonna go... Anyone that knows, we need to use the weapon. From your point of impact, uh, lancing out to Kalara after saving, clearly the minimal impact. But when it hits the flesh golem, it, it's clearly been injured, obviously. It's taken a number of attacks from like both Mia and, and Shaft. But its hunched form kind of almost like stands upright, and it actually heals from the lightning damage. What? Totally meant for that to happen. Uh, heals 28 <laughs> points <laughs> from the lightning damage. Let's go, Flesh Golem. All right. Frankenstein, <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> Mia's monster, baby. <laughs> if that's all you got, then Shaft is next. That's all I got. 
Okay, I see all this this happening, and I throw my longbow over my shoulder and run the 25 feet over in front of Kalar. Short sword and scimitar drawn. And as I slide up, I try to slide my sword right into a crease in his armor if, if there's one that I can see. 27 to hit. Hits. 19 points of damage. Second attack. 28 to hit. <laughs> hits. That's 20 points of damage. That little green bar is not went down quite enough <laughs> for Shaft to stay where he is. So as my bonus action, I am going to use the shackles to go up next to Mia. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Psst. Hey, are you still listening? You want to keep up with the Incorrigibles? Our website, incorrigibleparty.com, has all of our links. Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Instagram. Sometimes we're Twitchers, too. You want to support our show? We have a Patreon where you can get exclusive content, early access to episodes, and more. Thanks for your support and helping our show grow. We want to thank Tabletop Audio for ambient sounds and music. We want to thank James Merce Music for our intro song. And our sponsor, Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com. Happy adventuring! This has been a Sounds of Steel production.